0: there is so much in the media about bullying both online and offline. As a parent it can feel that if it was to happen to your child that there would be umpteen ways you could deal with it but then it happens to your kid or perhaps your child is the perpetrator then suddenly things aren't as simple and straightforward. Kelly Sloan is a spokesperson for Life Education, Australia's largest provider of preventative health and drug education to school children. Life Education have just released a new program called Relate, Respect, Connect, and it is aimed at 10 to 13-year-olds, but I think it's a really great springboard to start talking about bullying with younger children. Hi, Kelly. How are you?
1: Hi. It's good to see you.
0: When one child bullies another, Mm. it can be really easy to point the finger, particularly if it's your child that's been bullied, and say, that kid is just mean and nasty and stay away from them. What's wrong with that scenario as in pointing the
1: finger? Well, especially when children are young, they're developing their social skills. And all children develop those skills at different stages and ages. And boys in particular take a little bit more time than the girls. Um, Boys can be rougher. Girls can be more, you know, it's in the head. um, And it can be quite mental and and stressful. Um, But they will all find their pathway. And they need support, not finger pointing. And, And the you know, while we're launching this new program for upper primary school, really those skills about resilience building and building safe and respectful relationships underpin the themes of all of our programs, starting from preschool right up to high school.
0: Another thing that I I know that um, you talk about in this is that sometimes when they're that young and if we're talking about five and six year olds, they don't often know that what they've done is really that mean. Would that be the right way to see it? Because you see a child acting that way and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? But yeah. is, that, is that mimicked behaviour at all?
1: or where does Look, it... it is, and it's just developing their own sense of what's right and wrong. So I'll give you an example of my own son. When he was in preschool. He <laughs> was a nightmare. Um, but he had such a sense of justice and right and wrong that when he saw another child do something to another child, he felt he had to intervene and knock over their sandcastle. Oh. All right? So, you know, we, we talk about this and say, I know your heart was in the right place. But let's talk about some different ways you could manage that. So it's about giving kids the skills to navigate certain situations. And they're going to have to end up in these situations of of conflict, sometimes to learn the right solutions. And we we can't step them through that every way. So we have to try to arm them with skills and strategies and ideas. And, you know, the the junior primary and preschool teachers are amazing at this. Um, You know, these sort of bucket filling ideas where the kids have to be good to each other and are rewarded for it but they're reminded then of of why that good behavior makes everyone feel good and how that makes them feel. So these these you know feelings of empathy sometimes do sometimes do need to be taught.
0: And I mean, I'm thinking of those situations that might get really difficult because it wasn't until Darcy started school last year that I realised oh, it's it's not straightforward. I don't know why I thought children's relationships would be easy. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, oh, it's actually, it's a lot more intimate and personal when you're at a school, you're part of a community, mm. you know the other parents, you know the children, you know their friends. And then let's say this scenario um, That has happened with Darcy. She'll come Mm. up and she'll say, oh, so-and-so was really mean to me. Mm. And I found myself at a loss for words. So I know that your program teaches children how to sort of manage that situation themselves in a way. What would you say to parents when their child comes to them and says, that kid at school is telling me that I'm not nice and go away or something like that?
1: Uh, Often the class teacher is a really good help in those situations. They can also sometimes add perspective. Um, Some children are very expressive and they will tell you about that straight away. And then you'll have other children who will sit on that and not tell their parents about it and and act out in different ways. They might be naughty at home and you're just telling them off and you're cross and you're frustrated with them. And then you find out that's because at school they've been under tension and stress all day, but they're they're not going to express that. So I guess the first thing I would say is if your child comes Comes home and says that, you you know you 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 sit down and you talk to them and say thank you for telling me about that. How did that make you feel? And then ask some questions, and you might find out wasn't quite so bad. Maybe they just wanted to get mum's attention, and and sometimes especially if we react uh, too much, that's a trigger for them to go, wow, that got me attention pretty quickly, and they might express stuff to you that didn't necessarily trouble them as much at school.
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Kelly Sloan. She's a spokesperson for Life Education. They have just launched a new program that's called Relate, Respect, Connect for older children. Um, but it's about, about, I guess we call it scaffolding, right? We're teaching yeah. children how to um, manage emotions and how to be a good friend, I suppose, yes. and not to be a bully. We do hear a lot about cyberbullying in older mm. children. Do you think that because of technology going so fast and so far ahead of us do you think this kind of education was somehow missing when those children who are going through that cyberbullying now at an older age when they were younger
1: I'm not sure. Life education, and, and of course, we're the Healthy Harold people, if anyone is wondering who is life education. We're the <laughs> ones with the big buses with the giraffes that go into schools. Our programs have always been about building resilience and safe and respectful relationships. So that's what we do, uh, whether it be drug education or cyber education. So even when it comes to cyber education, um, we we talk about decision making, about safe and respectful relationships in that module. So, so we've been doing it. Classroom teachers have been doing it. I think what's caught everyone off guard is this, you know, this concept of a cyber playground and and kids feel safe in that. And you say, well look if you went up to would you feel comfortable if a if a strange man came up to you in the playground who you hadn't met before and you hadn't seen and started talking to you and that's oh no that would be a bit creepy. Say well Look at this person you're speaking to online. Did you know their name could be Peter and they could be 50? They're not necessarily. So it's actually now giving kids the smarts to understand that um, they need protection in that playground too you know, there's a certain things we do when we go outside and we go to the playground. We put a hat on, we put some sunscreen on, we make sure we can always see mum or dad and that if we fall down and we hurt ourselves or someone says something mean, we go to an adult. And the same rules apply in um, an online playground, a virtual playground, if so you you're like. So you're trying
0: to get them to transport their real life experience there. Yeah. And just say, world.
1: there are just some different, some, some rules are similar, some are a little bit different. And these are the rules we play by. And, and being aware, like it's really tough. I mean, the kid's, YouTube is, is, you know, you think it's safe. It's, you know, then you get the whole pepper pig thing happens and then, you know, (laughs) um, and, and my kids that, you know, they, they, we keep their computers near the the kitchen bench, but there was still something when something accidentally came up and that created a situation where as a parent, I had to hold my breath and go, what were you looking at that for? And why did you show your younger brother? And, you know, (laughs) and, um, And instead, just sort of curb that. Don't get angry. Sit down and say, you know, it's perfectly normal that if something pops up like that, you would be curious to look. Um, But try not to do that again. And here's why: things on the internet aren't always as they are in real life. Some people put bad things on the internet. You know, that's why it's always important to let mum and dad know where where you're looking.
0: So that message about talking to parents seems to be a consistent one. Like you want your child to talk to you if they've seen something inappropriate Mm -hmm. on the screen. But if something happens that is uh, at school that's worrying them, how do you lay that framework? Because as you said, young children in particular might stay at school and be tense all day and then not know how to tell mum and dad when they come home. I have been told that saying what was your day like at school, it doesn't always open okay. the conversation, <laughs> doesn't give you lots of feedback. Do you no. have any tips on how you can sort of make sure that dialogue is open so that if they are having problems with a friend or something like that, that they yeah. tell you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And look, I, I work with experts and I still miss the cues as a parent. Um, but what our teachers at Life Education say to the kids is, have a list of safe people you know who's safe in your life who do you feel safe and warm around and and what are these feelings that you feel when you're uptight and these are the things we teach so that there are triggers when they know that that's time to go to talk to their safe friend their safe adult um so so that's a start the other thing is it's just brilliant it's really hard when you're working and um but but if you can even just as they get a little bit older if you're taking them and a friend in the car and you're in the front seat, don't talk to them. Just listen to their little conversations. <laughs> it is amazing. Is that the dropping? <laughs> the go- it so is. And I so recommend it, especially when they get a little bit older and they don't want to talk and you can hear and you can go, oh, and rather than jumping, you going, what happened there? Why Why didn't you tell me about it? You wait for your moment. It might be that you're relaxed on the couch and about to watch TV and say, hey, I heard you saying that about so-and-so at school. Are you feeling all right about that? You know, what do your friends say? Um, another strategy is to, to use a moment where you might see something on the television together, or it's, you're at the park and you see a little person push another person. You use that as a what we call a teaching moment, and you can talk about it that way. So the more relaxed you can be when you have those conversations, the better. Because I know the moment you get told that someone's being nasty to your child. You kind of turn into tiger woman, like, let me go and <laughs> yes. just get them for you, you know. Yeah. How I, dare they? And also that
0: <laughs> idea of empathy, you know, that um, the child that is causing the ruckus as well. Yes. You don't want to ostracize them, you, I mean,
1: anytime, but especially when they're so young and still learning. Exactly. And then they get this feeling of being bad. When a child gets a feeling that they are bad, they will believe they're bad. And the only way to bring kids out of a, a zone where they're being a bit rough or being a bully, and, you know, they they will turn into beautiful people one day, believe me, most of them, <laughs> um, but is to make them feel good. So, you know, there are so many examples of where a child's been rough and they keep getting told, this is wrong, you can't do that, and this is what's doing to your friends. And it's really important to seize the moments where they're being good and reward them for those moments and say, gosh, you're a good person. You have such a big heart. That was so lovely what you did. You know, I really love the way you respected that person when they came in the room. Oh how nice that you shook their hand and looked in their eyes. You know, I don't know. You just mm. um fill up their little bucket, make them feel good about themselves. And they're they're more likely to I mean, I sound like an expert here, I am not, believe me. <laughs> I'm surrounded by experts. They tell me these things. I, I recognize as a parent it is so hard. And we all do our best. And well, I was going to ask yeah. <laughs> you as a
0: parent, because the same, I speak to mm. experts all the time. And I have been known to say to my daughter when she's been mean to her brother, I'll say mm. something like, I know you've got a big heart. I know you've got a good good heart. And I know that you can do the right thing or something yeah. like that. And then she'll go and smack a brother. And I'll think, yeah. those damn parenting yeah. experts. <laughs> but part of what I'm wondering, and, and you might have yeah. seen this too, because you've got older children as well. Mm. Does it eventually sink in? Like, should we be thinking, we say these things to our kids with the idea that we're planting seeds as opposed to that they'll necessarily respond straight away when you say... You've got a big heart, I know that. You know,
1: and I yeah. go, "Yes,
0: Mummy, you're right." And it off all, we go.
1: <laughs> it all helps, and it does get easier until I'm told they're teenagers, and then it's a whole new ball game. Oh no! Um, but it, it does help, and you, you have to remember these things don't come intuitively to kids. They need examples. They need they need to experience conflict themselves, and they need to work. They need to be have a few little strategies that they can rely on. So it's like, oh, if that happens again, maybe you could try this. They go, oh, I tried that and it didn't work. Yes. Go, okay, well, let's have a think about something else and see if that works. Um, or have you thought that they might just be feeling bad? You remember the other day when you, you know, wouldn't go to bed and you wanted to read more and you wanted to stay up? Yes. And remember how you just couldn't, we couldn't help you then and you were so sad. Maybe he was feeling a bit like that today. So sort of try and build the empathy mm. that they might have for the other children as well. And you'll find like little kids in particular, they, they'll have a huge row one day and will feel you know, our gut will be turning for them. You know, we'll have knots in our stomach and they'll come home and you say, how was it with Lauren today? And they'll say, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and they're over it. And boys in particular um, mm. get over things quickly.
0: Oh, there's some great advice there, Kelly. Thank you so much. I for hope it helps. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's
0: Kelly Sloan. She's a spokesperson for Life Education Australia.